stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I'll, I will be your host uh, for, t- for today, along with our co-host, Jenny Fermer. And I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Jenny is with Alpert Jewish Family and Children's Services in West Palm Beach, Florida. She's the Associate Executive executive Producer there. Jenny, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. And also on the line we have Ms. Valerie Wright, who's our Associate Producer and the CEO of Wright Ideals Incorporated based in West Palm Beach, Florida. Valerie, thank you also. Thank you, Dr. G. Mm-hmm. Today we are going to be um, talking about um, apathy in the workplace. And, Valerie, before we jump into this um, topic, I'm going to ask you to do two things. One is provide our listening audience with the email address and phone number so that they can call in uh, thoughts and questions on um, on this particular topic, and then we'll also invite you too. If you hear a question or a comment and you want to respond to it, please feel free to give us a call and and share your voice on that item as well. And then, um, Valerie, I'm going to also ask you to just maybe um, shape this conversation a little bit or give us a little bit of a framing for this conversation. So why don't we start with call-in information just so that people can have that handy, and then we'll kind of go into a little bit of a framing of this topic of apathy in the workplace and what might a leader do to really deal with it and lead effectively um, to get people moved to a more inspired space. Um, So, Valerie. Absolutely. Yes, Dr. G. The number for our listeners to call is one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. You can send emails to Dr. G at Innovisions dot org and that's spelled D R dot G and Innovisions is spelled I N N O V I S I O N S so it's Dr. G at Innovisions.org. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And thoughts, Valerie, with regards to just a quick framing on this topic? Well, I think, Dr. G, um, one of the things is that I found as I was researching the topic is how impactful um, apathy is on the workplace. It says research shows that apathy is one of the biggest costs to business 
and um, the Gallup organization um, in 2006 conducted um, a survey where they estimated there were about 32 million actively disengaged employees that cost the American economy about $350 billion a year in lost productivity. Um, and an even later survey conducted by current rebuilders show that about 40% of their respondents to that survey found it difficult to stay motivated at work. So we are still dealing with apathy and how it plays the workplace in terms of productivity and cost to the bottom line. So it's, it's a subject that we really need to understand and address. So I think it's very timely. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that uh, framing. Um, in getting us started, Jenny, is there anything you want to add to that framing before we dive into questions? Um, I would, you know, I've read some of those studies as well, and the number of 40% really seems to be um, an average, so sometimes it's even higher than that. Yes. And I think the that kind of slump in productivity and the causes for it and and some of the ways that we can re-engage employees becomes, I think, part of our work as leaders in Mm -hmm. a very big way. Yes, wonderful. Great, thank you. So, Valerie, why don't we start in with questions from the listening audience? Okay. Um, I have a question here um, from Angela in Georgia. Angela says, I have found that apathetic employees are idea killers. So instead of just affecting their own careers, their apathy spills over and it kills the spirit and enthusiasm of other staff. Their favorite phrases are, that would never work, we try to cope. We tried that a couple of years ago and it was a flop, or you really don't understand how things work around here. Help! How do I overcome their negativity? Wow, Angela, I um, I feel for you and those that are living in situations where they feel like they're around um, ideal killers. I, re- I have a, a cousin once that told me that um, he was getting dressed to go out to uh, a function, and um, he told me it was a business function, but he told his relatives that it was um, – a social gathering. I couldn't quite understand why he told me business and told them social. And then later on he told me that his um, mother and sisters could sometimes be um, dream killers. <laughs> so he he stopped sharing his dreams with them. <laughs> and uh, But the nice thing is that he didn't stop dreaming and he didn't right. stop moving forward. He just stopped putting them in spaces where he didn't feel like they were going to um, – he was going to get anything that was going to be encouraging back. Um, <clears throat> so I think that it's it's a real phenomenon when we're in a space where people are indeed um, apathetic and when what is being shared around um, us is more negative than positive. So um, to overcome their negativity, I would say countering it is probably – uh, one of the things that we can do, um, we can either let that stand as the word in that space or we can counter it with a more positive tone and even um, challenge them to say, well, what was it that was successful? Was anything successful? And what could have helped it to be better? So by beginning to frame things using the, I know what we talk a lot about on the show is appreciative inquiry, um, language and questioning and the model for excellence um, can sometimes 
create a space where we move from problem solving into calling people to our vision and calling them into a space where we begin to brainstorm uh, solutions and brainstorm possibilities. So um, I would say being respectful of the voices of those who might say that'll never work or that flopped two years ago. Um, I don't think we have to counter it as much as build on it and say, well, you know, uh, if it were to happen, what might that look like? And um, if it could have been successful, what might have been done to help it be successful? And as we move from this space, so we can bring people to think about things from a visionary perspective, and if we can bring them to think about things from a solution-generating orientation, then we can begin to counter some of that negativity that might otherwise just sit in that workplace um, space. Um, anything you'd add to that, Jenny or Valerie? Uh, I, I really feel for you, Angela, too. And um, I think that that once a culture of apathy has taken hold, it's really hard to move that. And I think approaching it as you're suggesting, uh, suggesting show from a completely different way, it's not even that we're asking the questions in the same way. It's kind of a little bit out of the box can really turn that around, but it also doesn't happen overnight. And I, I wonder sometimes, um, you know, that culture is insidious and it kind of takes hold over a period of time. Usually if there's just one or two people who tend to be more apathetic, uh, really having a heart-to-heart with them I think is very important to try and understand what it is about their work or what it is that they're, quote, bringing to work that is really impacting how they're perceiving their role, their position, and that in relation to others within the workplace. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Jenny. Valerie, any thoughts that you might add to that? Um, I think that part of it becomes um, Angela's responsibility to share that with the supervisor who can, um, I think sometimes training helps when you maybe team building or uh, motivational training where the team come together um, to build that camaraderie and help that person see beyond their own space and their own, um, I would call it despair, <laughs> um, to to begin to um, hopefully help that individual raise up their own thinking and, in, and motivation in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that word despair along with apathy, you know where that takes me, Valerie, is to... Um, the uh, monument there in D.C., in fact, um, having been in Washington, D.C., and having an opportunity to sit next to some wonderful women last week that had been to visit the Martin Luther King uh, monument, Mm -hmm. in that conversation, one of the women was sharing. They said, well, you know, I don't quite understand why um, they chose to put on here, um, on the subscription there, um, you know, out of a mountain of uh, despair, you know, came this stone of hope, and um, and I think, uh, and for me, it just really like wow, was very clear what that meant and right. why one would choose to put there because in the days of um, Martin Luther King, um, there certainly was despair. In any day, there's despair. And um, what brings us out of that space of despair 
is hope. And certainly Martin Luther King having a dream and sharing that dream um, pulled a country forward. And um, and it's from hope that we get vision. And so, as you say, you know, these individuals may be around Angela being in their own space of despair. Mm-hmm it becomes important for us to not collude with that and instead right. to be that stone of hope. Right. And to be that stone of hope, then we hope for something better, we envision something better, and we can speak of and give energy to something that's better. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you're actually kind of triggering that word with regards to really yeah. thinking about despair um, for us to really kind of think about um, the opposite of that, which would be hope and inspiration. Yes, I think exactly right, Dr. G., um, that we have to in the workplace when we are, um, we have to help others find their energy. And, you know, sometimes it's um, our role, even if we're not a manager or a supervisor, to bring some um, motivation to our coworkers to help the team recreate, especially now we're dealing in such um, an economy as we are, and there may be things going on, I don't know, in that workplace where Angela is that is creating a sense of, you know, despair or creating low uh, morale that leads to apathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Valerie, do you have another question for our listening audience? Yes. And thank I, you, Angela. Yes. Um, I have a question from Linda in Texas. And Linda says, I am an administrative manager, and our organization has a supervisor who uses a very authoritative management style to get things done. Her staff feels disempowered to make real decisions. This is frustrating and even demeaning as they have expressed it to me. Many have become apathetic and just do exactly what they are directed to do. Others have discussed leaving the job. How can I, as her colleague, help her see how she's affecting her staff, or do I go above her to the vice president and let him address it with her? Mm, Very good question, Um, Linda from Texas. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for sending it in. We are needing to prepare to take a brief break. So I tell you what, Linda, we'll um, dive right into some thoughts on that. Jenny, I'm going to ask you to think about that as well. And uh, please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email g at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl G. with the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. And with us today, we also have our co-host, Jenny Fermer, Associate Producer, or say Associate Executive um, Director at Albert Jewish Family Services in West Palm Beach, Florida, and Valerie Wright, our Associate Producer and CEO of Wright Ideals Incorporated, based also in West Palm Beach, Florida. Thank you both for being on the line. Thank and, you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jenny. I mean, Jim. <laughs> Yes, and then before we went to break, uh, Linda from Texas, you had sent us in a question, and we appreciate it. And that question dealt with, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Valerie, authoritative um, administrative manager, I think you said, that had a very authoritative style that felt dispowering and that that was what was leading to apathy. And her question was, you know, how do we um, help staff deal with that or do they go above this um, person and address it with with the boss with regards to how the style is just really leading to some morale issues. Um, Jenny or Valerie, you want to start us off or you want me to share some thoughts to begin sure. with? Since you asked me to think about it during the break, I, I really think about authoritative leadership as a management style with where a leader is asking or getting very little input from those around them in terms of people that they supervise. Um, I also think of kind of the military, and so usually someone who's an authoritative kind of leader or in that type of position often um, really doesn't appreciate um, um, or give a lot of necessarily positive reinforcement. It's your job and you should just do your job kind of thing. So... I don't know how one goes about uh, without really understanding more personality types of specifics, but then I'm a social worker, so that's where I go first, to really think about affiliative leadership and how uh, a manager would really seek input from their employees and work and create a team environment and have people who can contribute to decision-making. Um, 
I would almost never encourage someone unless it was kind of a whistleblower type situation, you know, something really unethical or illegal going on. I would always encourage you, um, Linda, to, to really first take some of the risks that are involved and maybe associated with sharing how you experience uh, your supervisor and there are ways to do that and sometimes it might require some coaching either internally or externally but I I think um, you know my initial kind of gut reaction is to really try and find a way to connect with a supervisor and to talk about how you experience them yeah and Jenny I don't know if it would make a difference in your answer but um Valerie, it sounded like you said it was actually that Linda was a colleague. She's a colleague. She herself yeah. is also a manager. Right. Mm-hmm. So does that change your, your yes, response it at all? Make it easier. It makes it a little easier. At least I the think power it makes thing it a little better. easier mm-hmm. to connect with that person and, and create that like alliance mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. You know, what comes to mind for myself, uh, Jenny, is the same is to really have Linda um, take the risk of trying to provide in a very palatable way some information uh, mm-hmm. to, to Linda. And, um, you know, there are so many different great feedback models. Um, it could be the situation behavior impact um, suggestion model that um, we've talked about previously, and I think that's really practiced in a lot of the um, leadership trainings. I, I know the Certificate of Leadership uses that where you say, you know, situation was here, here was a person's behavior, here's the impact it had on others, and here's some suggestion. I also think the... AI approach, again, is a great one to be able to say to Linda, you know what, Linda, what I really appreciate about you is this, this, that, and the other. And I think so many people here have a lot to offer. It would be great if uh, you could provide a space that, that allows others to share. Is there something I can do? Is there something we can do to kind of create a space where people feel as if they have a greater voice? And that might be a safe way of beginning to explore that conversation with Linda. I agree um, with you, Jenny, with regards to the first step um, for Linda um, could be to try to share that, um, share her thoughts, share her observations with her colleagues. And then if, if she feels like she's not being successful, then it might be that she would go and speak with um, the vice president that she referred to and saying, um, which I'm assuming is both of their supervisor, and really saying, how can you coach me or how can you help me with um, Linda as relate not with Linda, but with regards to Linda's colleague as relates to really um, supporting her and developing a style that is going to have a better impact on the uh, team morale, um, I think are just my thoughts off the top of my head. Valerie, anything you'd add? I think another option might be if there is a training department or uh, OD or even human resources where um, Linda could also share that there may need to be some training at that level in terms of um, facilita- uh, management styles and some training that would help her then become self-aware. Um, some, sometimes people just aren't aware of their impact. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm I'm big on training, and I think that may be even another uh, option that she might seek out, e- in addition to, you know, having that conversation with her um, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I mean, if, if what we're dealing with is a colleague who simply has 
lack of uh, self-awareness and lack of knowledge and skill in utilizing a more participative style. Yeah. And certainly um, a training around those or coaching might be something that could help Linda develop a more, not Linda, but her colleague. I keep wanting to say Linda. Right. Here, huh? <laughs> that could help Linda's colleague develop a little bit more of a um, participative management style that but, could and help if I can improve interrupt, the uh, workplace. You, Jenny, were you trying to say something? <clears throat> Sorry, I was interrupting and, and adding that it may be Linda that might benefit from coaching too on how to actually approach a colleague and have mm-hmm. that conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Thank you, um, Jenny and Valerie, and thank you, Linda, for that question. Valerie, any additional questions from our listening audience? Yes, I have a question, and this is um, a very interesting question. It comes from Sharon in Massachusetts. She says, I've noticed a temporary time of apathy that sneaks in our, into our workplace right at the beginning of the year following <laughs> the Christmas holidays when staff return after the new year. It takes almost into May before people are back at peak performance. Wow. What are some ways to respond to to this each year so that we don't lose that much produ- productivity and keep the good feelings going for employees? Mm-hmm. Great question, Sharon. Thank you. It's <laughs> a great question. Yeah. You know, I um, actually, Valerie or um, Jenny, I just kind of just totally lost your name. <laughs> Either of you want to jump in or you want me to jump in on that? Well, well it's really interesting to me that uh, Sharon talks about kind of May as maybe a time when things start kicking in again. You know, here at Elpert Jewish Family and Children's Service, we are a nonprofit social service agency, and I, I say that because we find that there are there is a spike uh, around February, March, April, and May around where the time we actually get an increasing calls from people who are generally feeling um, in their own personal lives apathetic and a little depressed and a little shell-shocked after the holidays. And I just found the question that you read, Valerie, about May being that, like, cutoff point um, really interesting. And I... I often hear that the holidays are the most stressful times, but actually we know for people who live in our communities that it's sometimes after the holidays, and believe it or not, around April when taxes are due. Now, I don't know if this translates at all into the workplace, um, but I wonder, just hearing the question from Sharon, whether there there may in fact be a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would add to that um, pondering with regards to high um stress times and um and I think in general if we're thinking what can we do to create a greater um sense of inspiration and focus that then allows us to to um return or get people to a higher peak performance I would probably go to that space with Sharon and really say uh if we know that there's a drop. If we can do what we can do to help keep people focused and give them and do some things that really creates um, clarity and vision and um, high energy through, be it, um, you know, filling their 
energy buckets by, you know, it maybe it's that mental bucket. We kind of go for focus, getting some real clear priorities. And people have very clear priorities and they have a really clear vision of the target that they're trying to hit. That in and of itself can create some momentum. And as they're moving toward whatever that target is, celebrating and acknowledging milestones along the way to where we're then increasing energy as we uh, express appreciation and value. It increases the emotional energy. That and, and then we also wrap that in, you know, the meaning and significance around the accomplishments. We can counter some of that potential apathy with um, some really focused, high-energy producing leadership. Any um, additional thoughts? Yeah. Go ahead, Jenny. I'm hearing you, Cheryl, and I'm wondering what that sounds like. Um, it sounds like you were saying initially that it might be something that Sharon takes the responsibility to bring to some kind of meeting or team meeting and say, this is what I'm noticing. That would be the first step. Well, no, I, would actually say get a clear, I would say get a clear goal. If you know, mm-hmm. Sharon, you know, when we as leaders can give clarity and goal, and and give people something with clarity to rally around, you know, and we set some targets and we and we have some milestones and we celebrate them along the way, those things in and of itself so the so what we're talking about is the goal, not so much the apathy, you know, are the you know, are the condition. We pull them out of it by giving them a vision that says what we're gonna we're gonna work for is this, whatever that collective vision is and you know, as we set milestones and we see people moving forward in those milestones. So by doing the focus thing, mental energy comes from being focused. So if we can focus their energy, if we can increase the sense of emotional energy by also as a leader um, celebrating successes and then also wrap that into the significance of that, you know, when we kick in or kick up our leadership skills and provide vision and mission and celebration, then we can get increased energy in the workplace. Looks like we have to go to break again. (laughs) Sharon, thank you for that question. I will ask um, Jenny and Valerie if they have anything to add after the break. Please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
from the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. On Leadership Matters, bringing you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. I'm Cheryl G. and Jenny Firmer, Associate Executive Director at Alfred Jewish Family and Children's Services, West Palm Beach, Florida, and Valerie Wright, our Associate Producer and the CEO of Wright Ideas Incorporated, based in West Palm Beach, Florida. Thank you for being on the line, and thank you to all of our uh, listening audience for sending in questions. I think before we went to break... Valerie and Jenny, I thought I'd check in with uh, each of you and see if there are any other thoughts to share before we took another questions. I would add just once, you know, all the staff are back in the work environment after the holidays, find mm-hmm. just small ways to keep that, not necessarily the holiday spirit, but uh, energy that helps them to um, transition out of the holidays versus go cold turkey, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think ways that kind of keep that, that energy and excitement of the holiday going in the workplace and play off of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's kind of interesting because in some organizations during the holiday there is extra cheer mm-hmm. as it relates to activities and decorations and so on and right. so forth. And when all that comes down, mm-hmm. it can begin to feel a little blasé. And, um, and so really... Thinking ahead as leaders within our organizations, what can we do to keep some type of spirit of cheer alive? Um, So, you know, I'm always one for countering that sense of apathy with vision. Um, But then, you know, what are those things to celebrate? Are there some team camaraderie things? You know, I loved um, some of the activities that I've um, heard about that um, have happened here at the neighborhood house even prior um, to my being here, one that stands out, I've seen pictures over in one of my colleagues' um, cubes that had a, um, they had a, um, Valerie, you might have been here in the organization when they did it. It was like a beach day. Remember John over there has a oh, yeah. picture where he won, um, kind of decorating his workspace as a day at, at the beach or something. Right, um, absolutely. And I'm sure that created a lot of fun. And right. so really being able to create a sense of um energy and camaraderie um, that provides some cheer for fun as a backdrop to the productivity and work can also be a real positive thing to keep the energy level up. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you, Sharon, for that question. Valerie, have another question from our listening audience. I have a question from Fred in California. All righty. Fred says, one of my team members recently came into my office to discuss how she could move up in the organization. She is an outstanding employee and a great value to the company. However, our management staff has an average tenure of 15 years. I really feel bad about this situation because I know she can be a great contributor at a higher level. I don't want to lose her, so can you suggest ways to utilize her skills and keep her motivated? Wow. Mm. Mm. 
very um, good question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love uh, stretch assignments, but before we go there, any um, thoughts from either of you? Just for a point of clarification, um, was Fred saying that this was a younger person? Was that the issue? I, I don't know the age, but it just suggests that this person, I don't know, I only have the question, but my, my, my thinking is either she's young or new to the organization. Oh, new mm-hmm. to the organization. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Either or it could be read either way, right. Jenny. Well, and yeah, I think she was um outstanding employee and, and prob- so it sounds like there's a challenge as it relates to not a lot of turnover at the higher spaces mm-hmm. within the organization and it's how do you keep this person engaged and motivated so that um you're not losing your potential bench strength bench strength right. and they feel valued and hopeful with regards to um, not only increasing their upward mobility, but there's also an opportunity to simply increase maybe scope of work and um, a sense of value on the team. So um, so how might we be able to utilize her skills and keep her motivated seemed to be what she, they were, what Fred was asking. I, I love the whole um, stretch assignment. I think also providing people an opportunity for greater visibility um, in the organization if there are some... Um, Committees that are doing um, significant work where they can be a critical part of providing input that um, helps to influence and shape some of the key decisions that are being made is another way of helping people feel um, utilized and engaged in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think also working with HR departments to look at, you know, uh, and then also the the one might say owning manager, the the manager in the various areas. You know, are there some opportunities for creating some um, ladders with regards to uh, career ladders along the way, so people are feeling a sense of upward mobility as well as increased scope and opportunities for contribution. I think for me, the more I read about human capital management and particularly talent management, which mm-hmm. is part of human capital. Management, um, I, I think that more and more, maybe not so much with public organizations, but more and more private kind of certainly nonprofits that I work with and consult with really are looking at talent management outside of just the traditional kind of hierarchical mm-hmm. ways that organizations move. And so recognizing talent and understanding where people's interests are and where they themselves want to develop might in fact push an organization to think completely differently about you know how how anything's aligned with mission and in a knowledge in a in a knowledge kind of age um that becomes so valuable mhm mhm mm-hmm. yeah and you know I'm racking my brain to try to think of I know that when we look at job design um there are, uh, I think, five different um, areas that we kind of conventionally look at in organization development, and that is um, autonomy, meaning, uh, task identity with regards to person wanting to, to get a lot of um, joy out of seeing it through to the end. Um, for others, feedback is real important. And it seems like there's one other, and I can't think of what it is. But I'm Can't sure help you, could... you there. Oh, can you help me? 
No. Oh, you you can't. (laughs) But we could probably Google it and find it. I know that there is a fifth one. But Mm -hmm. sometimes also um, doing a survey or having a conversation with an employee with regards to the elements of a job, um, kind of using a framework around job design and seeing what's most important to them. It may be autonomy or it may be meaning or it may be task identity or it may be some sort of feedback, but if we understand it and know it, then providing that person opportunity to engage in activities that really designs it more for um, greater satisfaction for their personality and who they are is another way that we can enrich their job experience. And I think that, um, because when you were talking earlier, the thing that came to my mind is... um, some special opportunities to, or special assignments to work in other departments, um, especially in nonprofits, we always have things we want to get to but can't afford the staff, can't pay consultants. So look at that individual's um, skills and see what needs to be done in the organization. And to the extent that her, ma- I don't know if it's a her, but yeah, her manager can. Um, afford to have her out of her position, allow her to work on those things that the organization really needs to have done and feed into her energy and skills and gifts, which would then be mutually beneficial and keep her excited about being Mm -hmm. at the workplace. I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's always a project. There's a grant that we want written. There's some research we want to do around a program, we just don't have a person to assign it to. Mm -hmm. Um, Those kinds of things can get done and and then help that employee feel valued. Mm -hmm. Love that. Jenny, were you going to say something? I think one of of the easiest things to do sometimes without doing it knowingly is kind of squelch enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And um, what I think I heard Fred asking his question is that this person is actually very talented and skilled mm-hmm. um, but might just there's no upward mobility per se but that doesn't necessarily mean that it couldn't be getting engaged horizontally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no I absolutely love it and so really looking at how might you do some type of um, a variety of things um, be it enriching the experience with additional opportunities, some type of rotation or some type of um, cross-training. I mean, I think all of those are great ideas to kind of give um, Fred some thoughts of some solutions he might um, explore with regards to how to keep this highly uh, motivated and um, um, talented employee motivated because it sounds like right now she's outstanding and she's motivated and how do we actually keep her in that space to where she continues to be able to contribute so um, wonderful any additional thoughts for Fred Great. I, I want to commend Fred for recognizing someone's talent and wondering what to do with it yeah 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 absolutely I I echo that and I agree um, Valerie, any other questions from our listening audience at this moment? I have a, an anonymous question. Okay. Uh, a question from an anonymous person. Okay. Uh, the question says, we recently had a new CEO join our company, and managers quickly learned that to speak their minds would mean serious problems or some punishment for doing so. 
He does not want to hear anything unless it is good news. So people don't bother to tell him what's going on, and there is a lot going on he needs to hear. I want to approach him, but also need my job. How are you able to share strategies I can use that will not cause me to lose my position? <laughs> okay, that's that's an important um, question, and, and and so I tell you what, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will look to uh, provide some information that hopefully might inspire some solutions for our listeners. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. So before we went to break, boy, that was a that was a powerful question. And then to end with, what strategies can you share that will not cause me to lose my position? Was like, wow. Right. Um, and I think we have to always be real with people. And I think I um, I kind of had a nervous laugh on that one because that then creates a whole lot of a, a sense of responsibility in my mind with regards to certainly um, giving thoughts, but having 
the person really own an assessment with regards to what's going to be wise in their culture, what's going to be wise in their environment, and um, see, you know, so what do we say to this person that really is feeling like they're working in an environment where the CEO says, don't nobody bring me no bad news, and there's a whole right. lot of bad news in the environment that uh, potential things that they might need to hear and address. Um, either of you have any thoughts that you might want to share with our listener on this? Um, you know, I, I think as professionals, we're in a risky business. And so, Cheryl, I really liked what you said about that assessment piece because I think we get into a lot of trouble if we aren't able to look at ourselves in the mirror every morning and, and have a sense of dignity. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a tremendous amount of courage and risk mm-hmm. to uh, step into, you know, an office where you know no good news or no bad news wants to be heard, and yet the, that sense of obligation as a professional to go, yeah, this is really worth it because how do I live with myself otherwise? Mm-hmm. And be able to confront it not because it's a power or a head game, but because you really have some beliefs in terms of your own personal mission as a professional. Mm-hmm. Right, and we live in times where... Um, I don't think at any time people look forward to doing anything that could cost them their job, and um, and for most their job is their livelihood. So it's right. it's real important. And um, so when we, you know, so when I hear this, um, you know, the choose your battle, you know, piece mm-hmm. always comes up. And um, you know, Valerie, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to just respond and I'll kind of share some additional thoughts on that. Valerie, how about yourself? Any thoughts come up for this listener on this very serious question? Yes, I've actually been in that position and I this um I think I would qualify this is that this is what felt right for me. Mhm. The first time I was in it, I uh, I felt that it was my responsibility to speak out and to confront the situation, and I did so. And um, and as Dr. Phil will say, how did that work for you? <laughs> <laughs> that ain't working. <laughs> uh, I felt like I, it was the right thing to do, but it became a very heavy workplace. Um, it maybe in a sense it, it helped coworkers, but for me, it didn't change and probably got worse because mm-hmm. the subtleties of the repercussions or uh, retaliation in my mind didn't, you know, they were there, but, you know, how many times do you go back? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, um, I probably stayed maybe another six months and I, I had my exit strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which is actually probably a really good thing with regards to potentially. I think we should all potentially have an exit strategy yeah. because sometimes we have to exit and we want to exit, and sometimes we have to exit because we've been asked to exit. But right. at any rate, I think that being prepared for that or the situation day. calls for an exit. Exactly. So I we love may it. want to wanna, be there, but right. Well, you know, I, I just wanted to underscore that, but I didn't want to stop your thought. But I just okay. think that that's important with regards to plan an exit strategy. Um, not that you have to use it, but just to have it. What else were you going to say, Valerie? I'm sorry. I the second time, I just decided, you know what? I, it's not. I don't. I didn't believe the first time. I really believed it would change, and I don't know if I had by the second time become jaded. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like 
a person was more aware of um, things than they were representing and just choosing to ignore mm-hmm. or not see. And so I I did nothing. Mm-hmm. Did you do nothing? How did you persevere? What did you do to per- persevere? Okay, so for me personally, I uh, it's my faith, prayer, mm-hmm. um, trying to be uh, a good light in the workplace, mm-hmm. um, being positive, not allowing the situation to make me um, become bitter or resentful or, mm-hmm. you know, I just try to stay on a positive level, motivate myself, help others stay motivated and mm-hmm. uh, be a good team player. And I think yeah. sometimes you do in situations like that, you give your best um, and you you do what you can. And sometimes mm-hmm. what you can do is just to keep yourself in a good space and help others be hopeful, as you were talking about earlier, Dr. G, mm-hmm. find mm-hmm. hope in a di- difficult situation. Yeah, so, you know, so I love that because what that says to me is that you did a power analysis, and I always think that that's real important. Um, and you said, you know, I really don't think that I have enough influence to change this. And you had had an experience where you were the trailblazer, and as trailblazers, we become advocates for others. We're going to make it better for others, and and we may do just that. You know, we may... Um, bring the issues up and try to blaze a new way of being. And the only thing about being a a trailblazer sometimes in the workplace is we find ourselves making it better for others, but then we're not able to benefit from that trail that was blazed, depending upon the strategy that we use to try to bring that change about. So I think that was real important in what you said. And the other piece um, was... You know, you then decided in your power analysis that you weren't going to be able to impact this total change of this person um, that was maybe creating an environment that was not as conducive as one may like it to be, but you decided that you were going to at least be empowered to create a space of light and positivity around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you pulled upon and called upon your faith um, to support yourself in doing that. And I think that that's powerful because sometimes all we can do is is impact us in our space and not, again, collude with the, the darkness in the space around us. And so you, right. you created your own space of hope and light through your own vision of how you want it to be and allow that to dictate your day-to-day actions and decided that um, through your power analysis what you were going to influence and how you are going to influence. I think that's powerful, and, and I hope that that's um that gives our listener something to think about with regards to how they might persevere um, in these times where they're dealing with this boss who's saying, don't nobody bring me no bad no news. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously there's some things that need to be dealt with. Yeah. So, you know, I want to thank um, both of you, Valerie and um Jenny. Okay, I did it again. Jenny. <laughs> I wanted to call you Dana and I knew it was wrong. Jenny. Okay. <laughs> Jenny, thank you so much for oh, being on the line pleasure. today. And thank you, Valerie, you know, for just sharing your thoughts with our listening audience. And we want to say thank you so much to all this listening audience for continuing to tune in and for being engaged and sending us questions uh, to respond to us. Please um, join us again next Wednesday and every Wednesday as we look to provide information that hopefully will help you to lead just a little bit more effectively. And we invite you to also not only just 
um, share with us your questions, but also share your comments on some of the um, topics and questions that have been asked. We, We welcome your input. So please join us next week and every week on Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time for more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.